0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Harland Highway. Apologies for being a day late here. I had a little bit of a health issue that I'll tell you about the next Harland Highway. Uh, So it slowed me down a couple of days here, but uh, everything's good. Everything's fine. It's nothing major, nothing serious. Uh, It was just a little like pulled leg muscle, and I was uh, incapacitated for a couple of days. I'll tell you more about it the next podcast. But for now, what a show we have today. Uh, We're going to be talking about um, me being pissed off at something. Uh, Yeah, it involves airports. It involves people that pat you down at airports. Not happy. Okay, in fact, today's show is all about flying. I'm also going to talk to you about a couple of experiences I had with bats. Have you ever had... Experiences with wild bats flying around out in nature and whatnot. Well, I certainly so far this summer have had some some bat issues. I've had some bat things going on. And then lastly, speaking of flying, uh, the, the Donald Trump, the president announced the uh, creation of Space Force, a new uh, military space uh, thing we're going to have to protect us from outer, in outer space. So we're going to talk to someone about that. And all that, here it is, the Harland Highway. I have an announcement make. You're about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. Shut up! I want my environment to be a product of me. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. So,
1: who do I have to fuck to get off
0: this phone? I can get you off. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah, You're
1: a cantaloupe. All
0: right. Shame,
1: big daddy. That's why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand
0: myself.
1: Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're going to get a shot
0: in the mouth. Act like a man. What's the with you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit and you know it. Hello, everybody. Oh, gosh. Summer is kind of upon us, right? It's here. And, uh, I think it might be time for some bat stories. Yeah. You know those cuddly little brown things that suck the blood out of your face? Um, I got a couple of of, of bat stories, and it's kind of like, uh, these bat stories kind of reinforce the whole, um, yin and yang of the world that, that we believe or don't believe in. But... Here we go. the first bat story. I went to a wedding recently in Austin, Texas, okay? And in Austin, Texas, right downtown, one of the main tourist attractions of the whole city. it's a it's a funky cool city, very artistic and great music and nightlife and everything. but uh, there's a river that goes right through it. It might even be the Colorado River, possibly no. I don't know. Maybe it is. I can't remember. There's a big river that runs right through Austin, Texas. And there's a big bridge that goes across this river. It kind of comes from the suburbs and goes right into downtown. It's like the main road right up into the city, into the downtown core. And this bridge is about, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile, just over a quarter mile long, maybe between a quarter and a half mile long. And uh, apparently every evening, without fail, like hundreds of thousands of bats go flying out from under this bridge. I guess the way they constructed the bridge with the beams and the concrete and everything in the underbelly of the bridge was just coincidentally the perfect kind of nesting place for bats. I'm not sure what kind of bats they are. Why don't we just say brown bats or something? I don't know what kind they are, but maybe you know what? While I'm while I'm on the blower here, why don't I go online and I'll uh, I'll do a little research while we're while we're talking here, and uh, we'll see what kind of bats they are. How about that? The Houston bats. Let's see what we got here. Okay. Uh let's see. It's the Waugh Bridge it's called. Okay? The Waugh Bridge in Houston, Texas. And uh every night these the, you know supposed to be when the uh when the sun starts going down, tens of thousands of these bats fly out. There's there's apparently like 300,000 bats in this bridge. Okay, And, uh, you know, they fly out and and they go up into the sky and you're supposed to be able to see them in the twilight, you know, framed in the sky. It's a big thing. 300,000 bats. So uh, I have a night off before the wedding and instead of going out and hanging around and, you know, joining the frivolities. I'm like a nature guy. I'm like, well, I can go to the wedding party tomorrow night. Tonight I have a night off. I'll go and watch the bats. So uh I talked to a local guy. He goes, oh yeah, go down around 7.30 and uh, you know, they'll be out within uh, half an hour, 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh okay. So I get down there around 7:30. I'm standing on this this giant bridge. And I'm not the only one there. There's about like you know 60 other people. And then as time goes by, suddenly there's like a hundred people. And then there's 300. And then there's I don't know. By the end of it, there's like a thousand people. This bridge was packed. From there's probably more than a thousand because there's people on the sides down on the river bank, like huge, huge clusters of people. There almost might have been more people than were than there were bats. And all of a sudden, uh, as the sun keeps sinking, this this bridge gets more and more populated with people. And I guess the bats come out one side of the bridge, so everyone was on the same side, looking down at the river, waiting for these these bats to come flying out. And uh, and uh, we're waiting, and we're waiting, and then and then I guess the city to, to celebrate the bats, they send out on the other side of the bridge on the sidewalk. They send out some dancers, like all these these weird theater arts kids dressed in black and just weird. They, they were like doing these, uh, you know, kind of interpretive dance, bat dances on the other side of the bridge with flashlights, and they're looking all creepy and weird and weren't talking to anybody. And I was like, okay, I kind of respect the... Uh, I kind of respect the uh, the effort, but it was a little it was a little much. It was a little pretentious, a little creepy. Uh, so we're, so we're all standing there, and we're we're waiting for these bats, and it gets darker and darker and darker, and before you know it, it's like it's like pretty much ninety five percent dark. Okay. Um, and and it's like they still haven't shown up. And people are on this bridge chattering and they got their cameras and they're, you know, it's like a big gathering and it's hot and it's sticky. It's a nice summer night. and uh and then uh, you know, people are going, where's the damn bats? And then finally I'm getting ready to leave. It's so dark, you can't see anything. And all of a sudden way down at the far end of the bridge you can kind of see like the air looks like it's ruffling or something like the air is like kind of uneven it's like wait what's that flickering down there and you could see it was like like thousands of bats flying out but it was so dark that you couldn't really make them out you could just kind of catch these little speckles of flickering because remember bats are dark brown and black and at night they don't show up that well against the damn uh, the damn uh, night the the darkness. So I'm like I, I waited there with what was supposed to be 20 minutes. I waited two hours for these damn bats to come out. They finally come out. I can barely see them, and they're not silhouetted against the sunset because the sunset's long gone. The sky's like dark. So you can't see any you can't see something black silhouetted against black. Ay ay ay. So I I just I saw like this flickering and I yes they were bats but I couldn't see them very well. And so I just said screw this and I started walking and I was in the middle of the bridge and I'm walking towards the other end of the bridge and there's a bunch of people there that don't even realize hundreds and thousands of bats are already f- taking flight. I could hear them. They're going, well, when do these damn bats come out? And I stopped. I said, guys, they're coming out right now. They're like, we can't see them. And I said, yeah, that's right. And then everyone else started to freaking leave. So I don't know. Maybe maybe you got to get there, uh, you know, on a lucky night or something. But, man, I was, uh, I was not pleased with the damn bats. Um, let's see, what kind of bats are they? I don't know, it doesn't even say what kind of bat they are. Mexican free-tailed bats? I don't know. I think it's a free-tailed Mexican free-tailed bat, is what they're called. Mexican free-tailed bat, that sounds like that sounds like with all this, uh, this, this this illegal immigration stuff, whenever you hear Mexican free, you're thinking right away, wait, somebody, did, did these bats sneak across the border? What's, what's with the free stuff? Um, so anyways, that was my, my bat experience in Houston. It didn't go well. I didn't really see the bats. And so I was like, oh, I got robbed of the bat. So cut to a few weeks later. I'm um, at the cottage and uh, I woke up early one morning. So, you know, just as the sun was just coming up, it wasn't the sun wasn't in the sky, but light was starting to fill the sky. And I was up a bit early in the morning, like, you know, 5.45, 6 a.m. I couldn't sleep. I, I stepped outside to see what the weather was like. And lo and behold, there's a bunch of bats flying around. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I, I walked down, I walked down a level of stairs. And all of a sudden, there's a bunch of bats like flying underneath the under roof of the cottage. You know, there's like a car park and then there's the, the ceiling uh, up above. And all the bats were flying under under there. And I'm like, wait, this isn't right. Why are there bats? And then I looked and all these bats that I was seeing were flying right up into the underbelly of the roof. And there was a little hole. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm seeing like hundreds of the, these little brown bats crawling up into this hole. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, up in that hole, the, the, there's hundreds of bats. And above that hole, there's a piece of plywood that separates my bed from hundreds of bats. There's literally a piece of plywood between us. And I'm like, ooh. And so now I'm thinking if the bats have fleas or bugs or rabies or mites, that the, those are going to start crawling up. My band was literally sitting over where the bats were roosting. So now I'm seeing more bats than I can handle, and they're not in the right place. I wish they were in Houston. And I'm like, holy crap, I got to get get these guys out of here, man. So the next day, I get a crowbar, and and on the underbelly of the roof is like this stuff called soffit. It's like a, it's like vinyl siding, and you put it up under the floor, on the underbelly of the cottage, and you, you fill it with insulation, and it, it's supposed to keep everything cool in the uh, summer and warm in the winter. But all I can hear is like these bat calls, these high pitched, high piers chirping. You know, bats emit sonic, uh, sonic waves and sonic calls. They they bounce their 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 sonic calls. These high pitched, high frequency calls bounce off of their prey and back to them, and that's how they track it down with sonar. Pretty sophisticated. And so now I'm I'm hearing all these freaking bats, and I'm like, holy God! I got to get these guys out of here. And so I get the crowbar, and I shove it up under the soffit, the vinyl siding, and I yank it down. And all this dust and piles of bat poo come down and insulation, but no bats. But I know they're up there, so I keep kind of pulling and pulling and pulling, and I keep going along until finally I get to the the, the nest. And I yank down the soffit and there's the sun and the, the dust the the bat poo dust is flying out in my hair and in my eyes and in my mouth I mean <laughs> nasty right and then there they all they're all they're all exposed they're all like hanging up uh, up in the rafters right under my bed it's like bat bad man. Forget Batman, I've got Batbed. Batbed! How creepy is that? Like hundreds of them! Can you imagine a hundreds of little bats under your bed? Yeesh. So there they are, and I'm thinking, okay, they've been exposed to the sun, they're gonna fly. But they didn't fly, they just like kind of clustered together and they hung up there on the wood. They've got these creepy little claws and Again, I love animals. I don't like to displace these guys, but it's like if you have mouse, mice or roaches or rats, it's, it's just not healthy. I even like rats and roaches and mice. I love all animals, but there's just certain places you can't have a man because it could lead to disease. You could get sick. You could, you know, it's just not healthy. And so I had to get these guys out of here and they weren't leaving. I'm like, what? The sunlight's not good enough for them. So I went in and I got a great big salad bowl and I filled it up with water and I just tossed it. I tossed it up at them and that did it, man. Splash. They started flapping and flying. They came swooping down at me. They were swirling around me. Oh, my God. I'm like waving at them with a salad bowl. Back, demons of the night. Back, Satan spawn. Back, you cute little fuzzies, mosquito-eating Critters is what I really thought. They're they're kind of cute. They're ugly. They're ugly cute. You know? They're just kind of ugly cute little characters. And so now they're swirling around me. And I got my buddy who lives uh, down there where my cottage is. And he's helping me. And one flies at him. And, and he slips. He, he, he's like, whoa! He like slips on a piece of the vinyl. And he, he goes backwards and cracks his his arm on on uh, on the picnic table, and now he, now his his arm's bleeding, he he, he punctured his arm, and I'm like, "And great, we got we got hundreds of swarming bats, and there's fresh blood a dripping." That's like opening the beer taps at a at a bar with a bunch of drunks hanging around, like, "Oh, boy, holy shit! Let's get the let's get the sweet nectar." So now we got. got I'm in a, a hailstorm of bats, standing beside a bleeding guy, and it's like dripping. He's like it's bleeding out, and I'm thinking, oh God, this is just like throwing gasoline on a fire. So it was wild. So now now I've got. I'm, I'm 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 in a bat fight. It's like 300 bats versus guy with salad ball. Standing beside bleeding human bait. I mean, this just became a circus. And uh, and so I was like, well, I better keep pulling the damn soffit down because there's probably more. And sure enough, I, I ripped half the underneath of my roof out. My ceiling. It's just a mess. There, there's insulation hanging everywhere. There's uh, p- piles of bird, uh, bat poo. And now some of the bats uh, have babies on them. And so 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 the babies cling to the mothers. I didn't know this. The baby bats cling to the mothers like a like a little koala clings to its mother. And so now the the, the, the mother bats are kind of half flying, half flopping to the ground because they're 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 heavy with the infant. Meanwhile, all the males are just flapping around willy nilly. I I don't know what they're doing because at daytime, they're probably like, You you asshole, what'd you wake us up for? We don't want to be. We're we're night workers, man. We work the night shift. Damn you. You know, they're flying around in the sun and, you know, they're kind of taking off into the distance. And so some of these other ones with the babies on them, they dropped down to the ground, and now they're crawling around. Some of them are flying away with the babies. Some of them, it took a little while. And so one of them, like, kind of climbed onto a a pole, and I got the old iPhone out and took some video of it. If you want to see video of one of the bats from this big bat excursion, go to my Instagram. It's just at Harlan Williams. And uh it's the one the, the profile picture is me in a white shirt with a tie laying on a pillow cuz there's a few imposter Instagrams under my name assholes. Uh and uh look for the uh the video and this bat. Oh my god, I zoomed in on its face and it it tried to bite me. It was like it started making noises and it it showed its fangs. They're scary little critters, they're little tiny things and they got the mouth of a werewolf. They got canine teeth and red tongues and they look like they could eat a zebra, man. And so eventually they all kind of flew away and crawled away and, and meanwhile, my roof is completely destroyed and I gotta go in with a bunch of sealant and I gotta plug up every little hole cause these things are like mice, man. I don't know if you know about bats but they're like cockroaches they can they can take a crack like a third of an inch thick and crawl right into it they just squish their bodies down you know mice can get into any little hole bats are, are very similar bats are even kind of flat you know so there you go man it's it's like it's like i was saying earlier the yin and the yang it's like i got robbed of bats in Houston but then they all showed up at my cottage and so everything balanced out. And uh, I had a bat fight with a salad ball. ay yeah ay ay ay. At least it was just bats. Imagine if I had a grizzly bear come at me and I'm have waving a salad ball at it. Come here, I'll smash you in the crouton, you bastard. <laughs> So, uh, like I said, go to my uh, my Instagram, and you can uh, take a peek at my uh, my little one of my little bat friends. It's got a baby and everything, and it's making it's making nasty when I zoomed in at, on it. Yeesh! So there you go, a couple of little bat stories to get your summer started in a scary, scary way. Arr- This is Harlan Williams. And you're really pissing me off. Oh, you're starting to piss me off, you little piglet, some bitch. You pissed
1: me off.
0: Shut up! You're pissing me off. These fucking assholes! This fuck! These fucking assholes! The fuck is yeah, their problem, problem. man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to let it out. I got to let it out. I was flying today. I was flying. Oh, I was flying through an airport and and things were backed up. Things were delayed. Things were going slow. Just one of those bad flying days. The, the people lined up at the, at the, at the screening thing were, weren't putting their stuff in the right bins and they weren't taking their belts off and they didn't know what they were doing and they were dilly-dallying and what should have taken two minutes took 15 minutes. And ugh. and so I'm, I'm like kind of, you know, I'm, I'm such a seasoned flyer. I don't want to sound like a snob, okay, but I get the drill. I fly so much. That when, you know, if you get behind me at a check-in line or a screening line, you you w- almost won't know I'm there. I know the drill. I know to have the belt undone and off, the, the shoes, the laces undone, ready to just pop off, everything out of my pockets, no fluids, my computer out. Like I know where everything goes boom, 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 boom. It's not that hard. But you get a lot of people that come through the airport who don't have a clue. It's like you've handed them a Rubik's Cube. Hi, where are you going? Hawaii. Okay, do this Rubik's Cube, and then you can go through the security clearance. <sighs> like, it's not. It, it just take your shit off, put it in a bin, and slide it on a belt. It's like, you know the little belt at the grocery store when you walk up? And
1: you take, your, you take your groceries out of your grocery cart and you put it on the sliding belt and they slide up to the cashier and she rings them up. It's that fucking easy, okay? You take your shoes off, you put your fucking bag on the belt, you put your belt on the belt, you put your fucking watch on the belt, your phone. It slides up right through the thingy just like you're going through the checkout. And then you pick it up at the other side as if there's someone there going, paper or plastic? All your merchandise just came down the belt. It's, think of it like that. It's so easy. But you get people, what, what do I do? How, what do I, I? I undo my belt? What What do you mean I undo more, what's my shoes? What, what, I'm supposed to put my, oh, no jacket? I, you want me to take my... My, my caribou skin jacket off? Okay, yeah, let, Oh, we, uh, let me take my top hat off. And I brought a rabbit because I'm a magician, you know. And I mean, oh my God. What do you mean I can't drink my smoothie while I go through? I just got it made for $14
0: over in Jamba Juice. And you're telling me you're going to throw it in the garbage? I mean, come on. People move. And so you're dealing with all that, right? And then I'm I'm so good at it, I just whisk through. But they have this fucked up thing where they have uh, what they call a random search. So I guess they have their 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 their, uh, their their little sensors that go off, their alarm systems, so that every third or fourth or fifth or tenth customer that goes through. It beeps whether you've got metal or not. And the the, the uh, TSA guys pull you over. Oh, you've just been randomly selected for a search. And I'm like, oh boy, aren't I lucky. And so now it doesn't matter if you're a 90-year-old woman on a cane, if you're a four-year-old child with a SpongeBob t-shirt on or a model, or a cripple, or fat, or skinny, or black, or white, It they just, it's random. And I guess it kind of makes sense to a degree, even though I don't want to admit it. But come on, man, I mean, it, the, the random search goes off and it's clearly someone who's not trouble. You can't just let them go. You go, okay, you got the, yeah, okay, you're 95, you're in a wheelchair. You're you're at all diapers full. Just go ahead. So I go through and I'm I'm like whipping through, and all of a sudden, oh, sir, you've been you've been uh, selected for the random search. And I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake, you know. And here I'm, I'm on this on this occasion, I'm up in Canada. I'm going through a city called Winnipeg. Okay, and I'm a Canadian. And I know how nice Canadians are and how polite they are and how pleasant they are. Okay, I'm proud of that. I like that. But there's times when it just pisses me off. So here I get randomly selected. Here's the TSA guy or whatever the hell they're called. And he starts wanding me and this and that. And and as he's doing it, Right at the beginning, he goes, just so you know, sir, I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, great. So you know who I am. You know I'm a comedian. You know I make my living acting like a goofball and telling jokes. And suddenly I'm a terror risk. Suddenly I'm getting the ISIS treatment here, pal. You just told me you knew me. And now here's this guy. He's thoroughly going over me. You know, he's... he's Here's a... You know, I just woke up, okay? I just woke up in a shitty hotel. I drove to the airport in a smelly cab. And now I've got a uh, 35-year-old nerd who can barely grow a beard, and he's a little overweight. He's telling me he loves me. He's drooling over me. And suddenly he's got his hands on my body more than I would let a girlfriend touch me this guy's rubbing my tits he's he's rubbing my rib cage he's pulling my he's pulling the waist of my pants open and feeling inside my waistline he's rubbing a wand that feels like a vibrator up in between my legs I'm literally getting molested it's fucking disgusting man I I am severely pissed off. It, it's invasive, it's ignorant, it's, it's really uh, excessive and too much. And the fact that they do it to people they know, to people that are old, to people that are, are uh, handicapped, I mean, come on. It's just really, and, I, and I, my fuse was getting lit. So this guy goes all over me, and I've got one of these these uh, shirts. I'm wearing a plaid shirt, you know, like a grunge, like a Kurt Cobain plaid shirt because I it's comfy, and it gives me just enough warmth that I don't need a jacket when I'm flying. And it's instead of buttons, it's got the metal clasps on it, the little things that click together. And so this guy's rubbing me with his fucking magic dildo wand... And every time he goes over one of my little buttons, he goes beep, beep 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 beep, right? Like like a Geiger counter, like some nerd on the beach with one of his coin finders just located a a penny from 1974, and he's all excited. And so I got him on my cuffs, I got him down the the middle of my shirt, and beep beep beep, and he's like, oh man, really sucks for you that this shirt doesn't have regular buttons on it, huh? And I'm like, yeah, dude, it really does.
1: Beep, 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 beep,
0: he's making all these little comments, and I'm just getting more and more agitated. Like this guy's touching me and feeling me, and he's using the back of his hand to, you know, pretty much touch my the top of my groin. Jesus! So he finishes, and I go to grab my stuff. And then in, in the plate Canadian voice, which which can be a little annoying sometimes, like he that he can see he can see that I'm lit up. He can see that I'm agitated, that I'm mad. I'm like under my breath. I'm going, oh, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm saying, I'm verbalizing at this point. I'm like letting him know how irritated I am. And I, I don't care if he's a fan. Usually I treat my fans like gold. But this is like. This is invasive. This is ugly. So I'm just mumbling, and he sees it. He knows I'm lit up. So he finally finishes this long invasive process, and I go to grab my stuff, and then another friendly goes, "Hold oh, just a minute there, sir. We gotta, we're gonna put you in the machine now." I go to, "What do you mean you put me in the machine?" This guy just pretty much search, uh, gave me a cavity search in front of everybody. Well, don't worry, sir, we're just going to put you in there, hokey-doke. And, you know, that friendly fucking Canadian, podunk, cheery, friendly guy just didn't cut it at that point. I just wanted to put this friendly fella through a friendly fucking wall, I'll tell you. Okay, sir, we're going to just jump right in there. and, uh, And he literally said this to the person that stepped out ahead of him. He goes, well, good news, it looks like you're clear. Good news, yeah. Like, like the old lady in the blue fucking uh, track pants was had a bomb strapped to her adult diaper. Gee, ring the town bell and let's have a f- street fair. Holy shit! So, so now they're pu- they're putting me in this thing that, that X-ray machine where you have to stand there and put your hands over your head, which I've done three million times because I fly all the time. And I step into this thing, and I'm just steaming, man. I might as well, they might as well put me into a boiling pot of water like a lobster. And I don't get mad easy, man. I don't get mad easy, but I'm just, I just, I am, I am pissed. So I put my hands up over my head the way you're supposed to, the way I've done ten million times. And these fucking morons are like, Ah, uh, sir, could you bring them in just a little closer? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, just bring them in just another few inches. Like, it matters how close or how high my freaking arms are. I've done this a million times. Okay, sir. And could you raise them up just a little? I'm like, guys, are you serious? And then they've got these little footprints on the floor of the x-ray machine. They painted little footprints. And you're supposed to stand on them, you know, approximately. But these fucking, oh, sir, your toe's just over the edge of the, could you move your foot just a half a centimeter there, sir, and just put it right, and I'm just like, I'm just fucking fuming. And then then I step out, and they're like, okay, good news, sir, Uh, get your stuff. And I had a bunch of change. I probably had $5 worth of coins. That I, had in, that I had, had in my bin. And I, I just left them. I didn't even. Are, are, those, are those yours sir? I go no. I snapped at the guy. No. And I just walked away. And they're like well whose are they? I mean they had like a big podunk melter. Well whose coins are they? Oh my god. I, you know I'm like you fucking idiots. And then I'm so fired up. That I just grabbed my bag and my belt and my phone and my glasses and everything else. And guess what? In all my emotions, in all my lit upness, in all my seething anger and seeing red and wanting to get the fuck away from these morons, I left my laptop. Yeah, because they make you take that out too. Remember? So now I left, my, and thankfully, that this is where the friendly part of the Canadian guys. I guess, you know, they're vindicated. It's like. I'm walking away, just there's got to be like a black cloud over my head. I'm like, God forbid if anyone had stepped in my way. I hear in the background, laptop, somebody left a laptop. Did anyone leave a laptop? And I'm thinking, oh, fuck that. So now I got to march back to these podunks. And they still got that stupid, like friendly Canadian smile. Oh, you forgot your laptop, sir. Hey, while you're here, why don't we pat you down again and throw you in the old x-ray machine? Just, you know, just ding. I'm like Ugh. no, they didn't say that, but can you imagine? So I am pissed the F off at these stupid and by the way, it's happened in the States. It's happened, it it's happened in America. And you know, you know what's funny? I just went over to Beirut. I went over to Hong Kong, I went over to Cambodia, I went over to Singapore, I went to all these freaking airports, you just waltz through, they don't even make you take your shoes off, they don't make you take your computer out, just like the old days, you walk up, throw your bag down, it slides through, you go out the other side, la-di-da, every other country on the planet. But good old USA and Canada, where everyone's so anal about everything. Take your water out. Take your liquids out. Take your shampoo out. Take your computer out. Take your belt off. Take your shoes off. Put your cell phone down. Put your pants down. Put uh, Step in nine x-ray machines. You'll have cancer by the time you get to Hawaii. It's really ridiculous, man. Really ridiculous. So there you go. I'm glad I got it out. I'm glad I got to rant. This is Harlan Williams being pissed off. Thank you.
1: I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore.
0: Well, speaking of flying, on a more positive note, looking forward instead of backwards, baby, uh, our, our esteemed president, yes, our president, you, me, everyone listening, whether you like him or hate him, he's our president, announced the uh, the uh, inception of Space Force. Yes. He announced that he's creating a new branch of the military called Space Force. And its function is to, you know, is to confront potential threats to the United States or the world or our allies uh, in outer space, in orbit, in the cosmos, if you will. (laughs) Um, As you may or may not know, the emergence of space technology, space hardware, space travel is just amping up more and more. More and more satellites are being launched into space more and more uh, space stations, more and more rockets, more and more, I mean, you know, as, as we advance as a, as a civilization, so does our technology and so does our need to expand. And so space is a frontier that is, uh, you know, b- becoming and has been of, of the utmost importance and, you know, like every other frontier, at one point it's a wild, wild west, and then suddenly it's not, and suddenly people are fighting for, uh, you know, real estate and air rights and uh, possible military supremacy and things of the like. And, and, and future wars, world wars could take place in, in the cosmos, up there in the outer atmosphere. And so uh, it's something that, that probably needed to be established, something that needed to be done. And, of course, the United States, like it normally is, took the initiative and became the leader of creating a space force. And, of course, because, you know, everything Trump does is wrong and stupid and buffoonery, according to a lot of people, who, in my opinion, are a bit clueless but just look at the world through their, their tinted red I-hate-Trump glasses, regardless of what he does. But interestingly enough, but not surprisingly, I, I was having lunch with a friend the other day, and, uh, you know, as soon as uh, I brought it up, right away the eyes started rolling, and Trump's a moron, and what an idiot, and uh, really a space force. And then I kind of calmly said, well, do you remember when there was a time not so long ago when we didn't have any airplanes? Remember when airplanes didn't exist? Like what, 100 years ago? 120 years ago? Maybe a little less, maybe a little more, but not that long ago. Remember when there was zero airplanes? None? And then remember when suddenly... There were airplanes, and then there were supersonic airplanes, and then there were fighter jets, and then there were B- uh, B-52s flying over Japan, dropping nuclear weapons out of airplanes. And you remember when, when the Japanese were flying their airplanes, tora, 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 into the aircraft carriers in Hawaii? During the, the, the assault on uh, Pearl Harbor? I mean, do we remember uh, all the bombs that, that Hitler dropped over Europe and the United Kingdom? The the, the midnight uh, bombing raids that, that, you know, decimated so many families and children? Do we remember all the fighting and bombing that America and Canada and every freaking civilized country with an air force has done mhm and guess what we did we created a thing called the air force and all of a sudden this person had no answer they just went quiet so it's just an example of you know there were probably people 120 years ago before the air force existed what are you talking about Things flying in the air, shooting? What are you crazy? What did you do? They're dropping bombs? They're flying all across, all the way across the ocean? What you, that's crazy, Tom. What do you mean? They're, they're breaking the sound barrier now? They're fl- flying at supersonic speeds? That's crazy, Ta What do you live in a fantasy world? That's crazy googly gook. What's wrong with you? And guess what, gang? (laughs) Ha ha ha. Guess what? How many trillions of airplanes and fighter jets and bombers have crisscrossed the skies of this planet, dropping their payload, dropping napalm, blasting the shit out of villages, cities, farms, towns. How many have died at the hands of flying things? Gee, lucky someone had the foresight to create an Air Force. I wonder if that person's a real dumb idiot buffoon as well. So mock it all you want, but uh, if you were being an honest person, you'd probably uh, be commending the foresight of this president, and it, let's let's not kid ourselves. It wasn't he didn't sit up in bed one night and go, "We need a space force." No, it's it's a lot of educated, smart people around him that probably conceptualized it, and he probably heard it and rashly went, "You know what? That makes sense. Yes, let's prepare for eventualities in the future, and let's not be caught with our pants down should some type of attack, whether it be." From an enemy on this planet, or I know this sounds a little woo, but what if one day something comes marching over the horizon through the Milky Way, and we don't know what it is, and it's not friendly For those of you that assume we're the only living organism in an endless trillion billion gazillion mile atmosphere and 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 universe. I don't know, that's pretty egotistical if you think we're the only living thing. Just this planet. Picture the biggest beach you've ever been on in your life and picture counting every grain of sand and then multiply that beach by a trillion and every grain of sand is a planet or a star that goes through the endless, endless, endless infinity of space. You think maybe there's something living out there on something? Mm Mm-hmm. So roll your eyes, mock your president, and, you know, maybe one day your children or your grandchildren will be looking up to the skies... And saying, "Wow, thank God for that president way back then that was smart enough to be able to think about the future. and he just saved our lives." So there you go. Um, and speaking of, of the Air Force, the uh, Space Force, and then the name's a little goofy too, right? Space Force. Space, Force! The Adventures of Space Force. I mean, it it sounds a little goofy, but, you know, I bet when they first said Air Force, it sounded goofy. You know? So, who cares if it's goofy as long as it does the job? You don't think America's Air Force has, uh, you know, kept us safe? Hasn't kept us safe? It sure has. No one dare attack America unless... Lest the uh, the you know the Air Force fills the skies and shoots the holy hell out of anything that gets uh, you know within ten miles of us. And to comment on this, I think I think Roger, do we have them? Okay, good. so we we have a real space professional who can comment on this rather than me. okay, uh who is it, Raj? Yeah. Oh, cool! From JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, in Burbank, California, and this guy's an av. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a professor of avionotics at, and he works at JPL. Great. Okay, Dennis. Dennis Le Perrier. Great. Well, let's put Dennis on and let's ask him about. Uh, Space Force. Uh, hello, sir. Are you uh, there? Hello, Mr. Williams. How are you? Hello, sir. How are you? And uh, welcome to the Harland Highway. Well, thank you for
1: having me. It's so
0: great to talk to you. And, and great to have you. Uh, it's 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 Dennis Le Perrier, right?
1: Well, it's the, it's French at the end, so Le Perrier.
0: Oh, okay. I won't even attempt to say that. <laughs> Many don't. Um, okay, Dennis. So, so, well, what are your thoughts on this—the the whole space force thing that that the president uh, unveiled this week? It, it, does it make sense? Is it going to be a colossal waste of money? Is it?
1: Well, no. It's actually, at its core, Mr. Williams, it's actually it makes quite a bit of sense. Um, we live in a volatile universe where. As you know, things are flying around at the speed of light all over the place. I mean, you know, it's not like there's no traffic up in space. I mean, we're throwing things up there that just add to traffic that exists.
0: Well, what do you mean traffic that exists? Well, there's meteors, there's, there's space junk, there's, there's
1: rock, there's all kinds of things whizzing around in space at all times. And so, uh, you know, having us up there would not really, uh, you know, move the needle, so to speak, in terms of uh, air and and orbital activity.
0: Okay, so so you've kind of got this jet stream, this tr- this the 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 the, the, uh, the, the orbits are moving and, and shaking with with uh, with stuff, I guess.
1: Well, it it isn't stuff, Mr. Williams. These, these are. These are units of, of, of graphite, of meteoric uh, integrity. These are things that have traveled through, the, the, through space for billions of years, floating and traveling. And, and, and some of them are trapped in our gravitational orbit, and they, they come swirling back around like I'm sure you've heard of Halley's Comet. Yes, I have. So that swirls around every hundred years, and some of them just are passing by. Some of them get caught in our orbit, and, and like Halley's Comet, they go around and around. And as time goes on, Mr. Williams, uh, the number of items uh, that populate uh, the airspace around our planet begins to grow.
0: Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess if things are getting pulled into our, our, our gravitational pull, as you put it. That's right. Uh, okay, so, but in terms of, of putting uh, military defense assets up there, does that seem rational? Does that seem like, uh, you know, are we jumping the gun? Is, is there a need for that now? Is that something that's futuristic? It's
1: Well, you know what I always say, Mr. Williams, the, the future just happened a second ago. I mean, whoops, there it goes. So, the future's never far away. In fact, whoops, there it just went again, Mr. Williams. Did you hear it?
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I didn't hear it. I, I get your point, sir. Whoops, there it goes again. The future, whoop, oh, there it goes again. Okay, yeah, we. Uh, I understand your point.
1: So, you can never be too prepared. And as, as we keep climbing the evolutionary ladder and... You know, we keep developing things, and we keep creating things that push the envelope of, of human existence, of, of orbital existence, of environmental existence. I mean, you know, we have to keep pace. We have to, we have to cope with all the demands that our own ingenuity brings.
0: Well, I guess you're right, and, and, and so for those who are, you know, doubters... Um, we probably do need this, don't we?
1: Oh, most definitely. I mean, you know, could anyone have predicted when World War I started? I don't think so. Could anyone have predicted that, you know, the Japanese would have attacked Pearl Harbor? Obviously not. And so we had World War Two, And so... So these conflicts between you know countries and human beings—they erupt, they happen. There are sometimes no warning signs, and sometimes there is. And so the the only thing we can be doing, Mr. Williams, is be prepared.
0: Wow. And and so how do you prepare for this? How do you? I mean, obviously you're going to have to train people to be up there you're gonna to have to uh, put 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 uh you know a space shifts and spacecraft into orbit and and test and train and it's got to be dangerous
1: oh absolutely mr williams we, we calculate that the the life the loss to human life will be uh unquestionably high i mean we are working in a volatile environment where it's uh, relentless It's cruel, and it's unforgiving, and it's going to take what it takes, and, you know, we're human beings. We are creatures of the earth. We are designed, we are built, we are modified, if you will, evolution-wise, to inhabit this planet of oxygen and water and air and gas, and when you get up into space, uh, the human body cannot be deprived of all these things.
0: Yeah, so, so my question is, if, if, if you're calculating that you're going to y- lose a lot of human life, boy, oh, boy, ha, wh- wh- who do you send up there?
1: Well, we're thinking, you know, the, the, the illegal aliens. P- pardon me? Illegal aliens, homeless people, um, possibly Canadians. You know, there's no reason why Americans have to sacrifice their life to forge a way to a better life.
0: Wait, did you say homeless people, illegal aliens, and Canadians?
1: People that don't really get missed that much in society. I mean, we certainly value all life, Mr. Williams, but let's be honest, there are certain pecking orders in society, and and some people have more value than others, and so... We're quite prepared to send thousands of homeless people up into orbit and thousands of illegal aliens who, you know, we don't want here anyhow. And Canadians who just seem so laissez-faire about everything that, you know, if you asked them, they'd be, you know, they'd be humming and hawing one way or the other. They wouldn't really care
0: whoa wait whoa, whoa hold on hold on now listen sir I, I, I I'm kind of on board for the space force thing okay okay but I mean if you're talking about a, a lot of human life being lost as you develop this thing and, and you' you're talking about throwing you know people that of, of lesser means homeless people,
1: Well, you know, think about it. You know, they don't have homes, and if we put them in this program, in a way they do have a home, and in a way, you know, if you're floating in orbit for eternity... That can become your home. So we'll have them floating around. And then, you know, Canadians usually carry sleeping bags and things. So maybe if they get chilly, the Canadians floating up there can keep them warm. Or, you know, we always have the illegal aliens. They always carry little duffel bags and have blankets and thermoses full of hot cocoa and whatnot.
0: Sir, you you can't throw human beings regardless of their, their status up into cold, uh, endless space. I mean, what? Well, I mean,
1: you, you you can be a backwards thinker, or you can be, whoops, there goes the
0: future again. Did you just hear it? Yes, I got that the first time.
1: So you can be a backwards thinker, or you can look forward to the future, as we here at Space Force plan to do. And so in order to meet our goals to achieve our objectives, Mr. Williams. We're going to have to sacrifice a few people in order to, you know, help the larger masses.
0: Well, can't you get volunteers? Aren't there people, you know, you, you, you got volunteers to go to space, you've got volunteers that want to go to Mars?
1: Well, we, you know, volunteering is... It involves paperwork, and it involves creating a salary and a pay scale and clothing and uniforms and things like that. But if we get the homeless and if we get illegal aliens and we get Canadians, we basically can just tumble them into a, into a spacecraft like a bunch of old socks and a dryer, send them up, open the door and let them float around and, you know, really like angels. I mean, think about it, Mr. Williams, who floats? It's angels. And it's, you know, the ones I mentioned. Wait a minute. They're going to be floating around doing what? Well, we, Mr. Williams, let's not fantasize here. We need to build things. You know, Space Force is going to need landing platforms. They're going to, they're going to need homing stations. They're going to need refueling stations. And, you know... Let's be honest, homeless people uh, are resilient. They live out in the streets, they're used to the cold, they're used to not bathing, okay? And many of our illegal immigrants come over the Mexican border, and I think we all know that Mexican people are very handy with their hands. Okay, and what, what about the Canadians? Well, the Canadians are just so laissez-faire that they'll just kind of, you know, do what we tell them.
0: Oh. Uh. Sir, I just, uh, you know, I, I like the idea of, of the Space Force, but I don't think I like the way it's going to be, be you know, erected. I don't like the beginnings of this.
1: Well, you know, why don't you get on your wagon and get your wagon wheels turning and get your oxen and see how long it takes you to, uh, you know, get pulled across the United States. We'll see you on the other side. In about four years, when your lips are chapped and your your pants are brown and you've got arrows in your wife's back from all the Indians. What are you talking about, sir? I'm talking about living in the past, Mr. Williams. So, you know, I've enjoyed our conversation, but I think I'd rather spend my time explaining Space Force to someone who's a little more forward-thinking.
0: I'm not, I'm not living in the past. I'm trying to be forward-thinking, but... The, the the methodology here is a little suspect well why don't you go sit
1: on the tip of the space shuttle and go fuck yourself goodbye no
0: wait what what the what floating in space like angels Ay, yeah yeah this is bizarre all right well we, he's gone we lost oh my god I mean where did where do they come up with that? The gall. Poor little helpless homeless people. Illegal aliens just trying to cross cross over the border to find a better life. Canadians. I'm a Canadian, man. We're gentle, good people. We don't need we don't need to be thrown into orbit. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rethink this whole Space Force thing now. I didn't I didn't realize all this was going on, but you know I, I don't have time to do it now. We're at the end of the show. Ay, ay, ay. Thank you for being here. Like I said off the top, I had a little bit of a health issue, and that's why we were late getting the show out by a day here. And I'll tell you about that on the next podcast. Oh boy, there's you you wanna know pain? Oh boy, I'll tell you something that really hurt. Um, next podcast, okay? Uh, but anyways, thanks for tuning in. Uh, let me give you a little rundown of my stand-up comedy schedule. Uh, I'm going to be in Cleveland, Ohio, July 12th, 13th, and 14th at Hilarity's Comedy Club. So come on out. Get your tickets online at harlanwilliams.com. And then the next weekend, I'll be in uh, in New Mexico at a wonderful casino. Check my uh, my website for all the information. And that's going to be July 20 and 21st. And then uh, Scoobity-Doo-Doo on uh, July 24th. Yours truly is going to be on The Tonight Show up in New York City with Jimmy Fallon. So that's going to be a blast. Uh, I, I haven't been on The Tonight Show for probably about a year and a half. Maybe a, a year and three quarters maybe. So it's uh, it's long overdue. I'm excited to go back and goof around with Jimmy. And uh, and uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, uh, don't forget to get our free app on your cell phone, the Harland Highway app. And uh, if you want to become a premium member, join our premium membership at Harlowilliams.com. That gets you access to every episode we've ever done. And we're approaching 1,000, man. We're at almost at 950. Holy smokes. This is like 948 right here we're listening to. So... That's a lot of entertainment backlogged for, for twenty bucks, not twenty bucks a week, twenty bucks for the whole year. So if you can get through the uh, the entire collection in a year, there you go. That's twenty bucks well spent, man. Um, what else? I think that's it for now. Don't forget, you can uh, you can write me at harlandwilliams.com. And I read your emails, or you can phone and leave me a voicemail, 323-739-4330. That number is at harlanwilliams.com, in case you forget it, 323-739-4330. And we might put your voicemail on the show. How would you like to hear yourself on the Harlan Highway? I love hearing from you guys, so be sure to call. And, uh, and that's it. That's all we got for today uh thank you for being here tell your friends to get on the harland highway and until next time chicken chow mein baby Or you know we always have the illegal
1: aliens they always carry little duffel bags and have blankets and thermoses full of hot cocoa and whatnot.